When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. If you are on hold, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. In about 10 to 15 minutes, we're going to get into your calls. Championship ring or engagement ring? Which is the more coveted item? We're going to get to your calls shortly on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Aaron Goldhammer sitting in for the guys. But right now, time to tap in with Scott Berman, the creator of Sky Cave Retreats in Ashland, Oregon. As we know, Aaron Rodgers is embarking on a darkness retreat, a reported four days in the darkness before he comes out and makes a career-altering decision, whether to stay with the Green Bay Packers, whether to move on to a different team or whether to walk away from football completely so we were thinking here at ESPN radio we need a crash course in what Aaron Rodgers is about to embark on so Scott for I I took a look at what your website is 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 uh, promoting here with the sky cave retreats in Ashland Oregon like when Aaron Rodgers goes into the darkness what does the actual environment the room what does it all look like and what will it feel like for Rodgers Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, in so I'm I'm not exactly clear where Aaron Rodgers is going into the dark, um, but ours here they it's a, about a 300 square foot room that's totally dark. There's lights when people first get in there, so they're able to navigate and see their way around. There's a bathtub. There's a toilet. There's a sink. There's a place to roll around on the floor. There's a place to sit and eat. And there's a room on the other side where I enter into, and there's a double cabinet where I put in food, close the door, and on the other side, the dark retreatant can open it and receive food, and no light uh, comes through in that process. Ours are also pretty much soundproof. So you enter into a space where the external world, as you know it, no longer exists. Why would anybody want to do this, Scott? Uh-huh. Good question. Why does anyone want to do anything? Because it sounds like fun or helpful or productive. So explain okay. what, why yeah, so you think go going that. into the dark, you know, would be, would be yeah. helpful or productive. Yeah. So let's take fun out of the way. I mean, some people have fun, but that's certainly not a, um, a, a, um, prevailing feeling so helpful or beneficial or i mean ultimately pleasurable because that's certainly something that drives most human behavior um and and i guess we could also even take that further as like sense of worth and purpose that like that is something that drives us we're all looking for a sense of security a sense of purpose uh, and a sense of worth and perhaps we draw pleasure from that and like what happens when we are engaged in something pleasurable when we're doing something that we enjoy ultimately we're just present in the moment we're like feeling our body 
we're feeling our emotions, we're engaged, we're kind of like not in our minds just thinking we're here in, in action, in movement. And so in the darkness, what ultimately happens is it brings us into the moment. There's nothing else to engage in. Now, our mind is still active. And so in that process, we become really aware of what's happening inside of ourselves that we never have been before. So the, the, the kind of helpful aspect is we get to peel back the veil and look within ourselves to see what's happening. Why are we miserable? Why are we sad? Why are we whatever's happening every time in our day-to-day life when we experience discomfort, then the next moment, we go into something else. We pick up our phone, we have some food, we go for a walk, even wholesome activities of running or whatever it may be. We, we never explore discomfort because it's uncomfortable. But what happens if when we begin to touch discomfort and learn to rest with it, that we realize that there's a space within us that can allow discomfort to be present and it's not what we are. And so there's this exploration in the darkness of moving into discomfort and exploring it and allowing it and seeing if there's something else there. Scott Berman, creator of Sky Cave Retreats in Ashland, Oregon, joining us here on Canty and Carlin to discuss the intricate details of what a darkness retreat is. And I know last year... During the offseason, Aaron Rodgers revealed that he tried ayahuasca, which contains DMT in it, dial, if I'm saying this right, dialmethyltryptamine, which, you know, is a it's something that not a lot of people know about. And when I was doing research for this interview, going through your website, and I know that you guys talk about darkness retreats stimulating DMT, what is that? What does that exactly do as far as the experience of why one would go into a darkness retreat? Yeah, so the DMT, it's kind of speculative at this point. There hasn't been enough research or really much at all around DMT being released in the darkness. The the speculation is that in the beginning, you start secreting a lot of melatonin because it's completely dark. And then at a certain point, your brain's like, wow, that's, a, that's enough melatonin. It goes through a cascade of neurochemical processes and then begins producing DMT. Again, this is not scientific. It's just speculative. And the, the understanding is at that point, one enters into altered states. And that, that hasn't been um, what I've experienced or what I've witnessed in others in terms of the thing that brings people into these new spaces. It's more the process of what it's like when you don't have external overlays like so for example for for the first time ever somebody's in a space where they're not looking to others or their culture to confirm if they're good to confirm if they're worthy and Mm -hmm. so like what happens when you don't have your culture or your peers or your family or your coworkers telling you that you're good where do you go within yourself to find out are you good and so there's this an interesting exploration, like what does it mean to be good, to be complete, and to be worthy when we aren't looking to some arbitrary cultural standard of yeah. what good and worth is? 
Yeah. It to me, I gotta tell you, Scott, it sounds kind of terrifying. Like that, there's nothing yeah. to, to nothing to do for me all day except for sit alone with my thoughts. I don't know that I could handle it, to be honest with you. Well, I, it is terrifying, and I'd say almost if somebody's coming here and they and they don't say that they're a little bit scared. From what I've seen at that point, it's unlikely that they're really going to have a really deep, profound experience because there's kind of a lack of humility. And like in the darkness experience, there is there is a sense of being broken where you touch something new within yourself. Like you don't hold yourself strong of like, this is who I am and this is what I am and this is what's important. Like you're actually willing to be cracked open to see and touch something brand new that like maybe I am already good and I don't need to succeed in this and this and this way according to some arbitrary cultural standard to be good. Like what does it really mean? to be whole and complete. And it it is terrifying. And at the same time, we've all, there's a space within us. Like we know that space. We've all been kids. We've all had times where we've just enjoyed playing. Now, granted there is doing involved in that playing, but we, there is a space in us that is familiar where we have enjoyed just resting and existing. Scott, one thing foreign Go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no. No, that was it. One thing that I had a question about, because I think about how I feel in wintertime, where I live in the Midwest, Mm -hmm. we don't see the sun all that often. And I know seasonal affect disorder is a real thing where you're Mm -hmm. devoid of of sunlight and vitamin D. Like, are there any concerns just with, like, how long you can actually be in the darkness and, and when our bodies need exposure to sunlight? Yeah, um, I mean, I wouldn't know a good answer to that, except, I mean, I'd I'd kind of counter that with, like, an exploration of, like, how much do we do that isn't good? How much time do we spend on the computer? Now, that doesn't mean let's go do other things that are bad, but it's like, is that really a concern that one would have when we spend so much time on electronics and... um, all these other things that we do that are completely unnatural, it almost makes it like going into the darkness as a natural thing. As when you look back at a lot of ancient cultures, the Greeks and the Egyptians, there's a culture in Colombia actually where the medicine men of the tribe go into darkness at birth with the elders and their birth mom first seven to nine years of their life. Um, they apparently go out into the moon and the stars at times, but that is a practice in their culture, and you see it through India and China and Tibet. And so there's so many cultures throughout history that did take the time to go into darkness to explore this this aspect that we actually never get to have in our day-to-day life because there's so much light pollution and we have electricity now, so we actually never spend time in darkness. Whereas back in the day, our... Our ancestors, not too far back, really knew darkness very well. And mm-hmm. so we're more acquainted with just resting without stimulation. Scott, before we let you go, and this is Scott Berman, creator of the Sky Cave Retreats in Ashland, Oregon. If somebody wants to go on a darkness retreat, how expensive is it? What are the accommodations like when they arrive at your retreat yeah. in Oregon? Do you eat like gourmet mm-hmm. food, yeah. Scott? Like, can you, is there one where you get like really good stuff or are you eating like water and crackers? Yeah. 
No, no, we feed you gourmet food. There, there, there's a level of like it's austere enough in there that we do everything to provide the utmost comfort. Like there's a hot bath, which is uh, deeply enjoyed by everyone, and the the space it it feels like a really warm, cozy space in there with gourmet meals, soups, and teas, and salads, and um, it's 250 a night. Typically, people come for six nights they arrive uh they have that evening to kind of settle in and the next day they weave in and out of the dark maybe go in for a few hours come back into the light and then that second evening they go in fully typically three or four full days in the darkness they come out in the morning and then that whole next day is a day to integrate and there's also some sessions and interactions with people who are here who our experience with being in the dark and also being with people who have been in the darkness to be supportive with them. And another just interesting thing to note on that is for a lot of people from what I've heard when they come out and while they're in there is it's the safest that they've ever felt. And it's something that I've also heard from a lot of women who in this world feel a lot less safe than men. And I think that's taken for granted by men, certainly by myself. And it wasn't until many women have come through and shared this sentiment of like, this was the safest I ever felt. And because of that, I actually started to relax and let down my guard and go into grief and vulnerabilities within myself that I never felt safe enough to open up to. And so there's this natural process that happens when someone does feel completely safe and rested and relaxed. And so there's been people who have had benefits of just going into the darkness for 24 hours because there really is, it's like the longer someone goes in, it's not the more profound of an experience. It's like the more that someone's able to relax and soften. So shorter can be more beneficial if that lends to someone feeling more safe and rested while they're in there. What we know is that Aaron Rodgers is going into the darkness. Believe he's already there. Four days is how long he is expected to stay in the darkness before coming out and immersing back into the world, an NFL world that is awaiting his decision on whether he will remain with the Green Bay Packers, go somewhere else, or try something outside of football altogether. Scott, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate the insight on this. Yes, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's Scott Berman, creator of Sky Cave Retreats in Ashland, Oregon. And I guess, Aaron, two fifty a night's not bad when yeah, you consider that you're getting... Yeah, I thought it was going to be more expensive Me too, me too. Uh, but, but, like, what's the overhead? Like, we're talking, he said that they, you know, they feed you and they feed you really well. They draw you a hot bath, but it's not... First off, the electricity cost is not there. Not sure. to make the joke here about that, but that's an obvious You don't have one. to have an iron in the room, that's for sure. Uh, TV, cable, you don't have to pay for. Courtney, this totally terrifies me. I think that I would lose my ever love. I think I would be You would have the overload the of DMT and you'd well, start hallucinating. I, I think at first I would just sleep, right? Yeah, because I think I'd be out for the first 24 hours because when you're so sleep deprived and you know, even people who get eight hours a night, when you're in darkness and your melatonin kicks in, like your natural, totally. your body's natural melatonin, yeah. like you can sleep for a long time and if there's no, no light, no halo from your shades to wake you up, 
Right. That sounds what happens enticing. if you trip over something and you like break your like? Do you have a button that you can press that says like <laughs> I require medical attention? If you have to go to the bathroom, like a, like a first you, alert. Like, can you see like the bathroom where you're going? Like, I, there, there, I have so many questions. Let, let's let me just put it this way: the going to bed is about as close as I'm going to get to a darkness retreat anytime soon. I get it. I've want. I, I mean, there are things that he was talking about that are very enticing about finding your inner peace and the vulnerabilities and honestly things that people may look at this and laugh and say, well, Aaron Rodgers, look at him trying some alternative thing and trying to make it mainstream. That's okay. If that's your perspective on it, I think there are alternative forms to therapy in a way, alternative forms to finding out your, finding your inner peace that, you know, we need to be, accepting of and you know tolerant of and if this is how Aaron Rodgers has to come up with his decision on what he's going to do next then so be it whether the Green Bay Packers are upset about it or if they're okay about it it's his prerogative he's earned this time use it wisely and then hopefully in a week or two we're figuring we're we're putting this all to bed where we're not talking about his extracurricular activities in the offseason of going into the darkness and you know all all things like that but I mean I'm, I'm supportive of anybody trying to find their inner peace and satisfy their mental health but Courtney come on Aaron Rodgers has lost all credibility with me when it comes to this kind of stuff I don't I I can understand why because frankly if you're going to do something like this just go ahead and do it and don't make a spectacle of it right because there are people who really do take these things seriously that that is their form and need of therapy to be able to find inner peace which we all deserve but they don't you don't need to go out and go on the Pat McAfee show and then you have NFL I'll use the word insiders going on and trying to like make a mockery of this thing. I think that's all BS and that takes away from what this thing is actually aimed at doing, which is a good thing of trying to find people inner yeah. peace that they cannot get somewhere else. But a lot of good information there from Scott Berman, creator of the Sky Caves Retreat in Ashland, Oregon. Sounds like you're out in the middle of nowhere, too. Their website said that they're 45 minutes from the nearest airport. So you can't get any further away from that in the middle of nowhere with yeah. nobody When I got out of the darkness you. retreat, the first thing I'd want to do is listen to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I got to tell you, I'm breaking free, going right to find out what's going on in the world of sports. And you would find out that NBA All-Star Weekend coverage is going to continue right here on ESPN Radio stations with State Farm All-Star Saturday Night Radio coverage presented by Indeed beginning tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on most ESPN radio stations. Real quick, let's go out to Robert in Arizona, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Championship ring or engagement ring? What's your pick, Robert? Yeah, it would yeah, it would be the championship ring because, you know, I, I figure I'm going to marry someone in sports anyway that uh, loves me for what I do. And, uh, you know, after I win my ring, then, uh, you know, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll, I'll get on my knee and give her my championship ring. as, as Wow. Her ring. Wow. So you realize that that becomes forward. hers then. And if you get divorced, everything's 50 50. So you might not get that ring back in the form that you give it to her in or another one. Hey, you know, okay. real quickly, do you mind if I just uh, add one thing? You know, this whole Aaron Rodgers thing, um, I think it's perfect for him because I don't really believe that he's going to make a decision. But, you know, he's in the dark anyway. So no disrespect to the people that are, are running that thing, but that's ridiculous. I mean, 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. That was Robert in Arizona. Robert, thanks for the call on that. And, and I, look, I know a lot of people have that same sort of mindset on what Aaron Rodgers is doing, that a lot of this stuff is for show. Like, you can't really get into the guy's head or expect to know exactly what he's feeling. All we know right now is that he's in the dark. In a couple of days, he'll come out. Hopefully, he'll have a decision, or we're going to yeah. keep talking about look, this. To I'm, I'm sure some people are helped by this. You know, I, I it's not something that I would choose to do. Just like I'm not doing ayahuasca or shrooms or weird teas or any. But look, to each their own. And if it's available to you and it helps you, I definitely support your decision to do it. As long as you support all of our lovely sponsors and. You know, support us and listen to us. All right. Coming up next, we have news regarding Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy potentially on the move in the near future. That's next. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Candy and Carlin, the podcast. Some breaking news out of Washington. The commanders are working to finalize a deal to make Eric Bieniemy the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, the new commander's offensive coordinator, sources telling ESPN's John Kime, the hope is to have it finalized by Sunday, Saturday, rather. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Aaron Goldhammer with you on this Friday afternoon presented by Progressive Insurance. So we had known about this dating back a couple days that he was going to go interview, and I guess this was a two-day process for Eric Bieniemy. Yes, Sounds no, like things no are darkness wrapping up here. Re- retreat as far as I know to make well, the decision. you have so. to be able to talk to interview a candidate, so I would Correct. imagine that would be very difficult in the darkness where you're supposed to also be quiet. But nonetheless, Eric Bieniemy appears to be headed towards the Washington Commanders and will have a new job in 2023. There's a lot of layers to this. Of course, the conversation centers on Bieniemy and the new opportunity away from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes following his second Super Bowl win with the Kansas City Chiefs. And then you go a step further from that and say, all right, he's walking into a Washington situation where they're about to, in the near future, have a new owner. So what's that stability going to look like? The offense itself was up and down last season. Sam Howell, as of right now, is the only quarterback under contract, contract. in 2023. Right. Right. So the situation he's walking into is 
vastly worse than what he was in in Kansas City with the Chiefs, but is this his only opportunity to become a head coach by getting out of, so to speak, the shadow of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and going to do it on his own, which, you know, of course, brings up the goalpost moving that we have done with with Eric Bieniemy in terms of why he has not gotten serious yeah. consideration for a head coaching job just yet. I mean, Courtney, listen to this. He's been interviewed for a head coaching job 16 times by 15 teams, okay? Basically, half the league has interviewed Eric Bieniemy to be their head coach. Seven of the coaches hired instead of him have already been fired, including jokes. You know, Urban Meyer and Nathaniel Hackett are jokes. You know, those guys couldn't even make it through the first year of their tenure before they got canned. And now... Biennemi is doing something that almost never happens in the NFL, right? I can't remember the last time someone decided to make a lateral move without their boss getting fired, and they just won the Super Bowl like six days ago. So why does going to Washington put Eric Biennemi's career in a better place than where he already was in Kansas City? This really confuses me. You know, I I guess he's going to be calling plays, so that's a major difference. I don't – Courtney, can you explain why you think he's doing this? To give himself a fair shot that he's not getting anywhere else in the NFL right now, and that's to go to a place where he's allowed to fail. Give him the opportunity to fail as a head coach the way that Shane Steichen, the way that Frank Reich, the way that Jonathan Gannon, D'Amico Ryans, you know – all these names that have been part of this head coaching cycle give Eric Bieniemy the same sort of ability to write, you know, write your write your ship and and you kind of put yourself in position to either succeed or fail. He yeah. has not been given for whatever reason. And frankly, unless you have an owner going on the record, because you're not going to open yourself up if you're a billionaire owner to a lawsuit. That's the only way you find out. Hey, why didn't you hire him? All those instances you mentioned, Aaron, of like how many times he's interviewed for a job. Why has he come away empty-handed? I would love to know the answer to that on the record from an owner, but you'll yeah. never get that because they'll, they will say we don't talk about candidates that we interview. We only talk about the people that we hire. Sure. But there's, of course, been a lot of reading between the lines here when it yeah. comes to Eric Bieniemy about why yeah. he has been passed over for jobs that others have not gotten. I mean, or the, the, others the, have the word on the street the has been, you know, like uh, he doesn't interview well, whatever. That's coded, that's coded language. Let's call it what it is. It's coded yeah, well, language. I mean, what, what, what does that even mean? I mean, I, I it's work an excuse. With, yeah. It's an excuse to couch why people don't want to hire him. And of course, does he have a checkered past dating back to his days at Colorado when he was a student athlete? And yeah, you know, how, but the, Urban what's the Meyer statu- had a checkered past, too. What's the do you statu- think? Uh, Goalpost moving. That's what it is. What's the statue of limitations on how long we can blame somebody for their past? Yeah, right. Like, seriously, I, like we, we, you bring up Urban Meyer. Great example there. Thinking about, like, what happened at Florida before he booked it out of there with leg, alleged health concerns and then winds up at Ohio State. That right. didn't seem to affect, you know, how long ago that was. And that was actually more close closer to the time frame when he was hired by the yes. Jacksonville Jaguars than it was, you know, yeah. Eric Bieniemy 25-something years ago when he was at Colorado well, as Wider, a student Wider athlete. gets suspended at Ohio State, which ultimately led to him leaving that job so he could go get an opportunity to be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I guess that Bieniemy sees, look, if I could make the Washington Commanders a top offense, 
And we don't even know who the quarterback there is. If, if we could just score 20 points a game with sure. them, then maybe that's enough to put it over the top. Because in Kansas City, I think he's third or fourth or fifth on the list of those that receive credit, right, for mm-hmm. how well they've done. So Patrick Mahomes is definitely number one, no question about it, and probably deservedly so, okay? Uh, Andy Reid is number two. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Travis Kelsey, you know, maybe he's number three. Okay, then finally Tyreek Hill. Then maybe finally you get to Eric Bieniemy. but you can't deny that he's a common thread in all of this. And all the other Andy Reid offensive coordinators, Courtney, got hired. Matt Nagy got hired to be the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Mm -hmm. Doug Peterson got hired to be the head coach of the Eagles, won a Super Bowl, got fired, and then took the Jacksonville Jaguars to the divisional playoff round, all while we've been waiting for something to happen with this obvious top candidate to be a head coach who couldn't get a job, and now he's so desperate to try to progress his career that he's leaving an amazing gig to take a clearly worse job. Yeah, I mean, he's taking this reclamation project, more or less, to prove that he can one day be a head coach. And that's tough. I don't know how many people that would be in his situation would end up leaving an incredible spot like Kansas City. That, you know, a team whose window to win and win Super Bowls is more than just next year, the year after. As long as you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid on that staff, it's going to be a while. But he's up for the challenge We should know by Saturday, according to ESPN, Washington Commanders reporter John Keim, whether he is going to take that job. So I think you look at the situation now and realize what's done is done. Like, he's not going to get a head coaching job this cycle. If he works magic and the the bar is set far higher for him very clearly because of all the opportunities he's been passed over for, if he can work his magic in Washington and you get to a situation where – he, you know, turns this offense around, whatever that looks like, then I don't want to hear about it next time around when these interviews are taking place next season. Right. I, Eric Bannemi shouldn't have to jump through hoops that others are not having to do in the same circumstance when they are being interviewed right. for head coach I mean, openings. Sh- sh- Shane Steichen has one good year as a coordinator under an offensive-minded head coach, and he is off and running. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the excuse-making that I hear about the race problem in hiring in the NFL oh, we don't have enough black coaches that are involved in coaching offense. Like, that's the issue. Well, I mean, here he is. This is like the guy that's coached the best offense in the NFL five years running. And now to prove himself, he's got to go to a terrible organization that's going through an ownership change that has no quarterback. Like, he is taking on a 10 out of 10 degree of difficulty situation just to try to prove himself to ultimately get an opportunity that, in my mind, he probably earned five years ago. I think many people would align with your line of thinking there, Aaron, and we will see just how this opportunity pans out for Eric Bieniemy. Coming up next, Tiger Woods made a really dumb joke that he is now apologizing for at the Genesis Invitational. We'll tell you what that's all about coming up next here on Candy and Carlin. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Tiger Woods finished Friday one over at the Genesis Invitational. This is his first non-championship PGA Tour event since 2020. He could miss the cut for the weekend, but that's not why he's making headlines. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Aaron Goldhammer with you on this Friday afternoon. So on Thursday... 
Tiger Woods had a tee shot that went 20 yards past where Justin Thomas's ball went on the ninth hole at Riviera Country Club. Tiger Woods was caught. There was a picture taken covertly trying to pass a tampon to Justin Thomas in his right hand as they walk down the fairway. Justin Thomas drops said tampon on the ground. Tiger Woods puts his arm around him, and they laugh it off like bros do on the golf course, apparently. Well, this photo, Aaron, has circulated just about everywhere and has become a big talking point during Tiger Woods' return to non-championship PGA Tour uh, action. So Tiger Woods, of course issues this apology for his joke with Justin Thomas. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It was supposed to be, you know, a funny game, but obviously it, it hasn't turned out that way. And if I offended anybody, it was not the case. It was just uh, friends having, having fun. And, and, uh, as I said, if, if I offended anybody in any way, shape, or form, I'm sorry. Uh, it was not intended to be that way. Uh, it was just... Play pranks on one another all the time. And, uh, virally, I, I think this did not come across that way. But between us, it's it different. So a little hard to hear the audio there, but I got a couple things that stood out to me that this was all fun and games. It was supposed to be a joke. They play pranks on each other a bunch. And I'm sorry if I offended anybody. Aaron, this is somebody who sees what dollar signs are as we know at 47 years old he's made millions and millions of dollars off endorsements and he sees what his actions here could do if he doesn't come out and apologize there's not one ounce of sincerity in that bs apology from tiger woods following round two on friday look one of the rules of apologizing is just apologize like don't don't say if i offended anybody i'm sorry doesn't that automatically make your apology null and void? Because you're sort of saying that you didn't think you did anything wrong. Look, Courtney, I, I've come to learn. T- tell me if this is a fair point for a guy to have on a perspective like this, okay? It's not really for me to decide whether him handing Justin Thomas a tampon is offensive or not. Because I don't have periods. I'm a dude, okay? So it, it, I don't have to go through that every month. And if it bothers women, then it's probably something that I just, you know, should be aware enough to not do. It's also a joke to me that's just like 
Tiger is corny and he doesn't have a great sense of humor. He's never hosted Saturday Night Live for obvious reasons. So I just think it's kind of a lame joke to begin with. Whatever. It, I, I'm not making I'm I, again, I, I shouldn't be passing judgment, but I'm not going to make a capital case about it. But I just think that it. The, the, I agree with you that the apology is insincere. And I think the joke is just kind of stupid. It's it's absolutely stupid. It's something that maybe a 10-year-old boy would make, not a 47-year-old adult who has had his fair share of discretions that have been very, very publicly revealed. And there's a difference, I think, between someone being quote-unquote outraged, which I know there are a lot of people who you know want to hurl insults like, we're all soft for not finding this funny and you know let guys be guys and all this other nonsense. There's a difference between being outraged by something and then just pointing out a joke that just flat out is not funny and offensive it is offensive and like i just anybody trying to say that well it's a fact women don't hit the ball as far as men you're equating with the tampon joke you're equating that to weakness that you are a weaker inferior being and that is what he is saying to justin thomas there which he is trying to laugh off as a joke tell me where that's funny tell me where there is one molecular ounce of humor in any of that. And I don't care. If you're listening right now, frankly, I don't care if you if you think I'm being outraged, if I'm being sensi- overly sensitive about this, if you don't think I have a right to say anything like this. I don't care. Turn your radio off because this is my perspective on this. It's a misogynistic joke. And we let enough of these go by. We let enough of these slip through the cracks. It gets embedded in the rhetoric of society. Same thing with racist jokes. Same thing with jokes targeting marginalized groups of people. And you might say, oh, it's not that serious, Courtney. It's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal because you let enough of these things pass by. You've got people in public office saying horrible things about women and how you can treat women. This might seem on the like benign, mole- like you know, small micro level is not a big deal. Keep letting these things pass by. You'll find out what happens in the big picture when we do things like that. Tiger Woods, not sincere at all in his apology. And frankly, he's not sorry that he said it, Aaron. He's sorry he got caught. Right, of course. And he thought that he could do it without anybody seeing it, like he was on his own private golf course telling the same stupid jokes that are probably at every country club in America, right? Most of the country club bros are laughing at this, but I have a better sense of humor than they do, so... Better sense of humor, more class. Really hoped for more. From I don't Tiger know about Woods. that. Did not get that's, it there. Bo- that's both. But <laughs> we'll continue with the ESPN radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.